Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Welcome, Internet Church family and ministry friends watching around the world and those also in the live studio. God bless you today. Everybody have a seat and make yourself comfortable. We are so thankful to the Lord for all that he has done. And, of course, for all that he's been doing and all that he's going to do. Woo, hallelujah. God is always up to good things. Can you say yes? Praise God forever. Well, I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and we're so happy that you are tuned in today because I believe that God has spiritual food to meet your needs, and he wants to feed you today. Hallelujah. Just as your body needs Physical food, your spirit, your soul must have the living word. It has to feed on the living word. And I believe that God has a word for you today. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. Now, we're going to receive the tithes and the offerings first. And I want to read a verse to you. And before I tell you what it is, I want you to understand that the word of God is multilayered. It's not like we hear a verse, maybe hear a little teaching on it, and we think that's it. We have a Ph.D. in that verse, and there's nothing left to extract from it. So I want us to look at a verse we've seen before, but I want you to see something that I believe will help you unravel this word of the Lord deeper and make it even more applicable to your life. Now, are you ready to go there? In the audience, are you ready to go there? Praise God. All right, here it is. Please go to Deuteronomy 8, 18. Okay, now, Pastor Stephen, we've talked about that one. I think I've got that one down by heart. Well, it is a worthy scripture to deposit within uh, the soil of your heart, but I want us to examine it closely and see exactly what God's Word is saying to us. Sometimes we hear maybe a, a certain thing, and we think we've got it, and we run off, but maybe we quite don't have the fullness of what God wants us to understand. Praise God. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Okay, we know it's for the establishing of the covenant. It brings glory to the Lord. God wants you blessed. God wants you to be a blessing. Now, uh, one more time, it says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to do what? To get wealth. Now, I'm going to explain this, but I want to make, it a, state I want to make a statement. Okay, uh, then I'll explain it. Here's what I want to say. Notice, it does not say that God gives you wealth. <gasps> I'm so disappointed, Pastor Stephen. I think maybe you've already realized that. It does not say God gives you wealth. It says what? He gives you the power to get wealth. Ah. How many of you have walked outside on a Monday morning, after a glorious time on Internet Church on Sunday, you walk out on Monday morning, you open up your door, and you've never yet to this day found sacks full of money sent from heaven arriving on your doorstep. If you have, I'd like to meet you after the service today. Praise God. But my friends, God doesn't work like that. God, in a sense, does not directly give it to you. I mean, what is he going to do? Reach his arm down from heaven? 
Then everybody says, whoa, I saw the biggest arm over your house yesterday. My goodness. And you have pots of gold now in the driveway, and you're out there counting money that God gave you, or gold, that whatever it might be. God doesn't do it like that. Mm, I, I, I need to share this with you because some of you are looking for the harvest in the wrong way. You think that you think that somehow that somebody's going to show up your house tomorrow, like maybe Ed McMahon, okay, from publishing Clearance House Sweepstakes, and you just won $10 million, okay? Or, you know, maybe he sent the heavenly Ed McMahon somehow, okay? It doesn't work like that. God, he can bless you, but he doesn't directly give you wealth. And it doesn't say that in the Word. It says what? He gives you the power to go get it. Well, Pastor Stephen, how is that power then expressed in my life? How can I look for expressions of the power so that I can go get the wealth? I'm so glad that we have a thinking congregation, hallelujah, online. Amen. Praise God. Here's a few, here's a few uh, expressions of that power. I just wrote, I wrote down a few while meditating on this verse. Number one, the power of an idea. Now look, when I give you these expressions of power, it doesn't do any good if you have the power, but you never connect it with your faith. What is faith? It, it, it's, it's action upon what you've heard. Praise God. So, the power of an idea. Pastor Stephen, God gave me an idea. Good, what'd you do with it? Nothing. That's why you're not connecting with the wealth. See, He gives you the power. The power can come in the form of an idea. And you take that idea. You know, we were ministering in South Carolina just recently, and Pastor Kelly began to smell supernaturally in, in the service the fragrance of peanuts. And she, she was getting the name of the man that God gave the wisdom to unlock the secrets of the peanut. She got the name of George Washington Carver. And he was the man that took the little peanut as a chemist and began to realize all of the applications for the betterment of mankind through the peanut. We're talking about more than just, you know, salting it and roasting it and eating it, right? You know, I was out on a, uh, you know, a running track, like in track and field, you know, the 400-meter lap. I was out on a brand-new track years back that was beautiful red color, eight lanes, white stripes, 400 meters around. And uh, they had just laid the track, and the, the crew that was doing the work and was doing the final operations of installing this new track at the university, they were wrapping things up. And I was out there on the track, and you feel the sponginess of it, but like a firmness at the same time. It was a be beautiful, brand-new, state-of-the-art track. And I said, what is, this, what is this stuff made out of? He said, peanut oil. I was like, no way. He goes, yep, you're running on a solidified peanut oil. Isn't that amazing? And that all came out from the knowledge, the chemistry, the unraveling of the mystery of the peanut through one man, George Washington Carver. Ideas, ideas are the power to take what? Wealth. Mmm, hallelujah. God gives you the power to get it. The power to get wealth. How is the power expressed? Number one, through an idea. Mmm. How about the power of starting your own business? Oh, 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 I, I couldn't do that, Pastor Stephen. Why not? Millions. I don't exaggerate that. Millions have. Why not you? 
Why not even on the side? Why not even entertain it as a wild idea? I'm not saying quit your day job, but why not just on the idea you think that, hey, maybe this could work? I was walking around town, you know, Pastor Stephen, and I, I noticed that when everybody smiled, they had plaque and food in their teeth, and I noticed that nobody in this city brushes their teeth. Why don't I start a part-time job and maybe try to sell toothbrushes? Just an idea. Hmm? Starting your own business. Power, 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 power. You do that, you move into a place you don't have a ceiling. Unless you're working on commission somewhere. Praise God. Or you're rewarded in other ways out of the box for your contribution towards the corporation or the business that you're involved in. Okay? So now remember, one more time, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power. Okay? Expressions of power in order to do what? To get wealth. How about the power of securing a good paying job? Hallelujah. Well, well you know, Pastor Stephen, I'm not, I don't know if I'm qualified. Oh, oh, I talked to my brother who works for a Texas oil company. He goes, I can't believe the people they hire sometimes. I won't tell you what company. He said, there's not a job in the company that starts under $100,000. He goes, I can't believe the people they hire that are totally unqualified. Mm. Think. Start thinking. Power to get wealth. And that's, just, that's just the basic lowest level pay. That doesn't include all the benefits they heap on the employees. That, in, that does not include the perks and all of these other privileges. That's just basic, crude, lowest level beginning pay. And there's people in there getting jobs like that who, in many ways, are not qualified. Are not qualified. But yet, there they are. And, you know, some of these things, they, they can just bring you up to speed. They'll help you. If they like you, they will teach you. Sure is quiet today. Mm, mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, of course, there are skilled positions. There are things you need to learn. Okay, so think about it. Securing a good job. I, I talked to a person uh, in the helpline one time with a, um, with a situation that was very technical. So, you know, they tell you, call the number. Call the 1-800 number. And if you are a, 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 a member or subscriber, then you get technical help. So I called the department with a very technical question. And, you know, th this is stuff that has a steep learning curve. And so I call up this person, and the person answered all my questions, gave me even insight on things that I, I couldn't even really, I thought it was amazing. I said, hey, uh, I said, where'd you go to uh, get your learning at? What college, what university, what trade school did you go to to learn all this? She said, oh, I learned it all at home. I never went to college. She said, she said, this type of job, you get the job based on simply the truth. Can you do it or not? And if you can do it, they don't care where you learned it at, even if it's in the bedroom of your home on a laptop. This is that type of job. You either understand it, you can do it, or you can't. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. So she said, I can do it because I learned it on my own. I have a passion for it. I learned it, and they hired me on the spot, on the spot, because I can do it. Mm, power through securing a good paying job. And she secured a really good paying job. I mean, I'm calling New York City. You can't live in this area that I'm calling unless they're paying you really good money. You have to be able to live close by the company. And so the, just the price of living in that area, they know they've got to pay their employees a justifiable wage. 
Very, very interesting. The power of securing a good paying job. How about the power of saving? Saving. Oh, Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart, multi-billionaire, would still stop and pick up a penny if you saw it laying in the parking lot of the store. He would lean down in the cafeteria and pick up a penny. One time, uh, uh, the board of directors were going to have a meeting, and they were going to go out to eat first, and some of the people that were new on the board had heard the rumor. They weren't sure if it's true, if he actually did or did that or not. So they put a penny next to the seat where he was going to come sit at, uh, kind of down where his foot area would be, just to see if he would see it, just to see if the legendary story was true. And they, uh, they had their meeting together. They're all sitting at the table. Here he comes. He's an old man. And he gets, sits down in the seat, sees the penny, reaches down and picks it up, puts it in his pocket, doesn't even say anything. Savings. Savings. I saw the story the other day. One man took all of his pennies. He'd been saving them for years and years. Took all of his pennies, took them to the bank, and exchanged it for $5,000 in cash. That's a lot of pennies. I'm not saying that maybe that's something you should get into because there's a lot of work for, you know, for just little pieces of copper. But it is interesting how your savings adds up, whatever it might just happen to be. Well, Pastor Stephen, the Antichrist will show up before the year is over. Why even do this? Because you never know when he's coming. You never know when the Lord's going to return. So you need to just live by principles. And if the Lord should choose to intervene, and he eventually will, then you'll be ready to go. Okay? But in the meantime, live on principles, not wildcatter ideas. Praise God. What about the power of investing? Hmm? Praise God. Is it not true that the wealthiest pastor in the world, whose net worth, whose net worth is over $150 million, is it not true that he told the story of the primary directive of how he got his wealth? When the Holy Spirit spoke to him and gave him a word of wisdom and said, take all of your investments, all of your savings, pull them all together and put them in this one place. And he said he did it as an investment and it exploded. It exploded with tremendous wealth. Praise God. Well, that ain't right. He's got all that money. No, it's a blessing of the Lord. And jealous people will always be jealous. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. But go ahead and let the Lord bless you. I, I, had a, I had a person one time say, Pastor Stephen ain't right that all the preachers got all that money. Mm -mm. So he's, he's basically saying that he's choosing to live in areas of disobedience, and he doesn't think it's right that others who are walking in obedience are blessed. Mm -mm. It's just nothing but raw grumbling and complaining. And the truth is, it's sin in the eyes of God. Hallelujah. These are holy people. These are not people that jilted others or extracted from others. These are people that have laid their lives down to serve the Lord, and they're blessed, and they walk in the blessing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. The power, say the power of investing. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Hallelujah. What about the power of good customer service? There's power in that. You might not even have the best product, but if your customer service is extraordinary, uh, you're, you're going to begin to come into wealth. Hallelujah. Uh, I had a, a one gentleman tell me uh, when I, I was leading the church years back into a, a corporate fast, and one of these brothers that watches me online, he jumped into the fast also. He was greatly blessed of God, and uh, uh, he, he was coming out of a life of... Um, 
of sin habits that God had delivered him from. And he was, he was being so blessed by the Lord. And he said, he said, Pastor Stephen, I used to sell the uh, rainbow vacuum cleaners. How, how many of you ever heard that? That's the dreaded knock on the door, right? You never want to see the guy out there selling vacuum cleaners. Those guys, boy, they're, sh they're sharp as a tack. Hello, if you let them in, you're going to end up buying a $2,000 vacuum cleaner. But there was such a blessing upon the Lord for him uh, for good customer service that one time he said, he said he loved the Lord, but he was struggling with addictions, and he had gotten high on some drugs. As you know, He's trying to get separated from the world, but you know he's still coming out of the drug background, but God, God's blessing him because he's trying to serve the Lord, although he still had problems, he eventually broke free, and the fasting was the thing that broke it off completely for him, but he said, Pastor Stephen, he said, I was trying to serve the Lord, and I had such pressure in my life, and I'm struggling with addictions, and I was loaded, and I, yet I'm out there still trying to sell vacuum cleaners, so I drove into the driveway of somebody's home to try to sell them a vacuum cleaner, and I was so high that I, I couldn't brake properly, and I rear-ended their car and, and crashed into their car. And the guy came out and said, what in the world are you doing? You crashed into my car. He goes, I'm so sorry. But he said, when it was all said and done, he said, I apologized and sold him a $2,000 vacuum cleaner. That is a true story. <laughs> it's a good customer service. Good customer service will take you into wealth. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. See, the power to get wealth, the power expressed through, how about seed time and harvest? Sowing and reaping. Giving and receiving, it's all the same thing. It takes you into the power to get wealth. What about the power of an opportunity? What about the power of an opportunity that just happens to open up to you on one day? And you're just like, wow. You were written that. Look, don't ever forget this. It is never recorded anywhere in the Bible that when Goliath is out there boasting and screaming and blaspheming the name of God, it is never recorded anywhere in the Bible that the Spirit of God said, Thus saith the Lord, David, go out there and kill him. That is not in the Bible. What is in there? Opportunity. Opportunity. That was an opportunity that he took. He had no thus saith the Lord, but he had a door open up to him, and what did it lead to? Wealth. Woo! Hallelujah. And tax exemption for his father and his entire father's household. Praise God. And other perks and benefits that were associated with the rewards of taking down the giant. It is the power of an opportunity. Ooh, I don't like anything risky, Pastor Stephen. Well, then you're probably just going to like, just, you're probably going to be like mediocre all of your life, okay? Because in this life, you live by faith. Okay, it is a walk of faith, faith in God, faith in God's Word. And it's not like God's going to send an angelic host every time you step into something new to endorse you. And, to, and, and 12 angels are standing there, the 12 angels of the apostles, and they say, yes, it is of God again. Please move forward. It doesn't work like that. You move forward by faith. Mm. And as you move forward by faith, God will give extraordinary confirmations, but you're going to have to go through those doors of opportunity in faith, and it will, it will actually carry you into a place of wealth. Can you say yes? What about the power of obedience? Mm. Listen to this one from Second Chronicles 24. This is just too good. I, I've got to read this one to you. Second Chronicles 24, verse 20. Thus says God, why do you transgress the commandments of the Lord so that you cannot prosper? 
why do you transgress or go against the commandments of the Lord so that you cannot prosper? Wow. What about the power of obedience? Mm, I'm telling you, there's blessing associated with obedience. And there's power in it that takes you onto a platform of prosperity. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so in light of that, you should obey the Lord concerning tithes, concerning offerings, and you should expect and look for the expressions of God's power in your life. Why? It will enable you to come into wealth. Woo! Can you say amen? Mm. Watch this one more time. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you wealth. No, that's not what it says. It is he who gives you power to get wealth. Ah, well, I just want the wealth. No, if you just have the wealth, you, you don't know how to get it. But if you have the power now, now if you have wealth, and let's say something happens, and now the wealth is evaporated. Well, that's okay. You have the power to go back and do it again. You can do this anytime, anywhere. Why? You know how to connect with the power. Mm. And so you can always tap into wealth. Woo! Glory to God. Okay, so now we're going to honor the Lord with our tithes and our offerings. And as you do, I want you to release your faith to expect that power to be expressed in your life. And it can be expressed in all kinds of ways. I only gave you maybe eight, eight examples, okay? It can come all types of expressions, this power coming into your life in order to take you into wealth. Praise God. So, Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, let there be a release of express, expressive ideas and creativity for your people to come into wealth. Now, we thank you for this power being manifested in the lives of your people in ways that they realize this is God giving me power. This is, this is from the Lord. And so, Father, we thank you for it. We thank you that it's coming in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'd be so bold to even dare say that one expression of power at least is coming to you every single day. At least every single day. Dr. Oral Roberts said a miracle is coming to you or past you every single day. And I literally believe that's true. Praise God. If you're going to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina, our zip code 28117. If you prefer to mail them in, please send them to, excuse me, if you want to uh, bring them in through mail. I just gave you that information, but if you want to bring them in online, safe and secure, that is available for you 24-7. Please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap. Praise God, and you can go there and bring them into the house of the Lord. Those of you also in the live audience, you can fill out the envelope forms and they will be gathered in a moment and received into the house of the Lord. So, Father, bless all the tithes, all the offerings, the giving, the sowing, the reaping of your people. And we thank you that the power is being released. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, please do this. Next to your bed, always have a notepad and a pen. Okay, many times when you're in a very relaxed state, God will speak to you. But if you don't write it down, you'll forget it. 
and you'll you'll try to remember it later, and you can't you can't pull it back up. All, and uh, uh, you know, I know recorded devices are good. I know you could put it on your smartphone, but I think it's better if you just keep a pen and a paper next to you. Not not just a piece of paper, but like a notepad. Okay, so you don't lose the paper, but write it down when you get it. Then you can peacefully go back to sleep. Praise God, because the ideas. The create, creative power of God is being released in your life. Glory to God. Praise God in Jesus' name. Let us say amen. Praise God. Today, let us go over to the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 6. Praise God. Glory to God. We're going to talk about welcoming back the glory. Woo! Hallelujah. Pastor Stephen, I've got, I've got some glory already. Oh, you get ready, because you're going to get some more. Hallelujah. But some of you, it's been absent, mm-hmm. and it's going to come back into your life. It's going to come back into your house. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask my assistant, just lay the, the uh, giving basket on that front row, and those in the audience that would like to give, this time just reach over and walk forward and put it in that basket right there, and you're blessed as you do. Praise God. We are in 2 Samuel chapter 6. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, truly let it be experienced today that your word comes into us. We thank you for its life-transforming power. Thank you. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let your word come alive in Jesus' name with quickening power. Amen. Praise God. 2 Samuel chapter 6. Praise you, Lord Jesus. And let's go to verse 1. Praise God. Verse 1. Again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. That's a nice group, huh? Praise the Lord. David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal, Judah, to bring up there from there the ark of God. Just say that. Say the ark of God, whose name is called by the name. The Lord of hosts, Jehovah Sabah, who dwells between the cherubim. Mm, what a beautiful thing. So they set the ark of God on a new cart. Ooh, I get nervous just reading it. Ooh, ooh, I, I, feel, I feel edgy just reading that. They set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah. And Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Mm. See, it says in the Bible, in Numbers chapter 7, verse 9, verse 9, that the ark was only to be carried and transported by the Levites on poles. You only carry it by poles. And here they are, happy, celebrating, having a good time. Roll them out, boys. Mm. And they put it on a cart, just like a western rodeo, a cattle roundup from Texas to Oklahoma. We're going to move it out. And I feel very edgy just reading that verse. Mm. What you don't know can hurt you. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 4. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, accompanying the ark of God and Ahio went before the ark. Then David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments, fir wood, on harps, on stringed instruments, on tambourines, on sistrums, and on cymbals. They came to Nacon's threshing floor, 
It says, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. Everything kind of is working okay until there's a glitch in the system. Is that right? But sometimes when things are out of order, that's when you have the glitch. Ooh, ooh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. You want to do it by the book. Not that we're legalistic. We just don't want to crash the airplane. Praise God. And if you violate the rules for that plane of how it's governed through its laws of aerodynamics, you may have good intentions, but you'll crash. And so every, everything has a different method of operating, and you want to always read the book of instructions. Can you say yes? Well, that says the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error, and he died there by the ark of God. Everything's going good. Uh, but it puts a big damper on the parade when somebody dies. Can you say yes? I mean, we're sober. We went from ecstatic joy, happiness, and peace, and suddenly, in the middle of a revival meeting, suddenly in the middle of a glory train, somebody dies. Somebody dies? Yep. So, my friends, we, we need to understand what's going on here. And we need to prepare our hearts to bring back the glory of God. Praise the Lord. I think it's very important that we all understand and know that Uzzah today is in heaven. Say yes. It's okay. He's in heaven. He just made a mistake. David made a mistake. But Uzzah is in heaven. You know, um, one of the men that was helping me with my sound system, he had a... He had another job. He was an electrician, and he had gotten a job at one of these different electrical companies, and he said, I just got my new gear, and I got my $400 boots. I said, wow, $400 boots? I said, those are some nice boots. I said, why so expensive? He said, well, um, he said, Pastor Stephen, I'm going to be one of the guys going up on the telephone pole. And when you're working with high-power electrical lines, you know, you're talking about enough power to, like, supply 20,000 homes and stuff like that. You can't wear normal shoes because if you touch something and you, it is not grounded and you accidentally touch it, um, you, you have to have the ability to fuse it or deflect it. You have to be able to deal with it. So it starts with $400 shoes that are specially designed with certain types of rubber and things like that. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. And even still, it's a very, very dangerous job. So you're dealing with very, very high power. You have to be careful what you touch and how you touch it. This is like dealing also with like plutonium and these high-powered things, uranium, and things that in many ways it took scientists a while to figure it out. We're dealing with radioactive material. We have to have certain safety pre, uh, protocols in order. Why? So that we don't die. It's great stuff, but we don't want it to kill it. We don't want it to kill us in the, in the same process. Can you say yes? Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, the uh, blessed prophet, Walter Butler, who's now in heaven, he went home to be with Jesus in 1974, had a very fruitful prophetic ministry, traveled to over 100 nations of the world, and taught extensively on the subject matter of the manifest presence of the Lord. Well, Dr. Butler said that one time he was in a, in a meeting in 1951 
where the Spirit of the Lord began to come into the meetings, and revival began to break out, and so now they're having a full-blown move of God. And it was Walter Butler that God selected to be the person to steady the move of God. And he would have to get up real early every morning at 3 o'clock every morning in, or in order to pray and get the voice of the Lord's assignment and to find out what the plan for each day was because it would run real strong for four hours, sometimes for six hours, and would always start right around 8 o'clock every morning. Well, he said, you know, he's in one of these meetings, and the Spirit is moving very, very powerfully and some of the young men, because these are Bible college students, uh, some of the young men, about three of them, began to get into extremism, and they got in the flesh, and Brother Butler said he endeavored to correct them, but when he corrected them, he had a wrong attitude, so now it's the flesh trying to cor cor correct the flesh. How many of you know you can't correct the flesh with the flesh? So he got in the flesh to correct them, and the moment he did it, it killed the meeting. I mean, the glory just was like, boom, gone. And it, the, the, uh, the service is just now dead. And he knew it. And he, call, he called the rest of the, uh, the, you know, the time together off, said, well, we might as well leave because obviously nothing's going on now. And uh, it was a very awkward, very awkward moment. Well, he goes, he goes back to his little place and, um, you know, goes to bed that night. And he's woke up in the middle of the night by the voice of the Lord singing to him, a very deep male voice singing to him a song. And the, the first stanza of the song was very beautiful about redemption, the grace of God. Uh, but the second stanza, uh, Brother Butler found that very troubling. <laughs> In other words, the second stanza was about repentance and conviction. And, um, and he said, Lord, he said, I, I sense that I've missed it somewhere. Where did I miss it? And he saw the words appear on a wall before him. He went into a vision, and he saw the words appear, the era of Uzzah. You have made the mistake of Uzzah. If you had been in the old covenant, you would have died. But you're in the new covenant, so my grace, my blood covers you so that you can continue on and you're still alive. But it did kill the meeting. It did, it did stop the movement of the ark where the glory progressed no further in the meeting. And Brother Butler repented. And he said, Lord, what must I do to bring the glory back into the meeting? What must I do to get right with you? And the Lord told him, tomorrow in the communion service, stand before the whole public assembly and repent to the students. Repent and apologize to them that what you did publicly was wrong. <laughs> He's the dean. He's the dean of the whole Bible college. He said, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but by your grace, I'm going to do it. Because he, he was an old German that immigrated to America. So you have a lot of that staunch, a lot of that, you know, you know, properness. But, but yet he, he was pliable, and he could move with the Spirit. But it was going to be difficult for him, but he determined to do it. Well, the next morning, uh, the service is rolling along. And uh, it came, came time for the communion service. And as they're serving communion, he felt like his heart was beating so fast it was about to burst out of his chest. And he stood before the people. He stood up. He said, he said, so he said student body, I have something I need to share. And he repented before everybody for uh, the way that he wrongly tried to correct the students. And he, uh, he apologized and he repented. And he said, the moment... 
that he completed his repentance. A young man stood up in the student body and gave a, a, a prophecy that was so jolting and riveting that it could only apply to one person, and it applied to Brother Butler. And it said, Thus saith the Lord, because you have humbled yourself before my people, and you have bowed low before me, I will lift you up and send you to the nations of the world. And he'd never been to one nation. And he ended up going to over a hundred nations, teaching on the manifest presence of the Lord, what brings it forth, and what will cause it to leave. Woo! Mm-hmm. Say it's time to welcome back the glory. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Get you some $400 shoes if you need to. Hallelujah. Get grounded in the word. Hallelujah. And get ready for the glory to come into your life. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, uh, David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. In other words, an outbreak against Uzzah. And David just like, I mean, when you see somebody die in a service, you're like, what in the world kind of power are we dealing with? Where you just touch it and you're dead? I mean, he's alive and dancing just minutes ago. We're all having a great time. Now we got a dead guy laying on the floor. What kind of a, what kind of a God are we dealing with? And David's just like, I, I can't handle this. I can't, I can't. Lord, this is too much. Woo! And it says that, it says verse 9, that David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David. Okay, so the the parade's over, the progress has stopped, and the ark is not moving forward any further. I think, I think sometimes that maybe is what the church has done. I think sometimes that's what the people of God have done. And we're just like, Lord, I, I, I don't know the, the, the glory. It just uh, it interferes with, with, with my life. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. I, I don't know. I don't know. So we divert it in a different direction. And so verse, uh, verse 10 tells you that David took it aside gave it a detour into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. Just say that. Say, Obed-Edom. He's about to make some history. Hallelujah. He's about to have his name recorded in the good old B-I-B-L-E. And he's going to go down in the eternal record as being in the Word of God because of his receptivity for the glory of God, for the Ark of the Covenant. Come on in. Mm. Mm-mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. Now, say that. Say three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom in all his household. Mm. Wow. I believe that the commandments of God are actually designed to direct the blessing of and the glory of God fully into your life. Okay? And so when God's commandments are followed, what happens is you begin to step into the highest level of human happiness. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. 
I think today that in many ways, even God's own people can search for happiness outside of the commandments and the revealed will of the God's Word. Hmm. Everybody wants to be happy. Is that true? Everybody wants to be happy. Even a child molester wants to be happy. A child molester, perhaps an old man who's a molester, looks at a young four-year-old boy and says, well, I just want to be happy. I have the right to be happy, and that's what makes me happy. So therefore, I, I want to marry that four-year-old boy. Okay? Why? He says he has the right to be happy. Does that make any sense to you? Praise the Lord. But yet another person says, Pastor Stephen, I know I'm a man. I know I have testosterone flowing through my body. I know what my genitalia is. I know what I am. But Pastor Stephen, on the inside, I just, I just feel like I want to be a woman. There's something that wants to dress like a fairy. There's something that wants to, you know, soften my features. And I just, I just think I want to become a woman. After all, Pastor Stephen, I do have the right to be happy. Pastor Stephen, would you not lend me a pair of scissors that I can go snip, snip, and make it the way that I want it to be? Pastor Stephen, can I not go down to the pharmacy and buy powerful hormones to, uh, to raise my voice and to change the way I look? After all, Pastor Stephen, all I want to do is be happy. Mm. And so people, they try to seek happiness, even if it violates God's Word, even if they have to go into sin. So for many people, what they don't need is, in or is, is the pursuit of happiness. You need to be delivered. Amen. Oh, I need a psychologist. No, you don't. You need to get the demons cast out of you. This is not a mental thing. This is a spiritual thing. Praise God. You're demonized. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So now we have, a, we have a generation, a younger generation, that says, well, you can just do whatever you want, long as it's the pursuit of what really makes you happy. Well, when does what it is that make you happy begin to violate what makes me happy? Well, Pastor Stephen, I just believe I have the right to shoot my gun whenever I want to. In the city limits? Because what goes up will eventually come down. Well, I don't ever point it towards me. Well, yeah, but it's going to come down on somebody else. Well, who cares? Long as it makes me happy. Hmm. What, what does this type of thinking eventually lead us into? It leads us into a place where the glory has departed. Hallelujah. And then all kinds of bizarre happiness-seeking is supplanted in the place of it, and when it goes haywire like that, then I tell you what, it can really get bizarre. Mm. In 2010, a South Korean man named Jin Gai-hoo, age 28, married his own pillow. Today, he actually takes it for walks in the park, and whenever he goes to the restaurant to eat, he has a seat for it where he puts his pillow that he's married to. Well, Pastor Stephen, he just has the right to be happy. He just wanted to be happy. He just wanted to be happy. Mm. In 2015, a Russian man married a pizza because, as he was quoted as saying, love relationship between humans is just too complicated. Hmm. So he felt the great passion for pizza, so he married a pizza. He just, he has a right to pursue what makes him happy. 
Do you see the lunacy in all of this? Do you see the lie in all of this? Do you see how depraved society becomes when we begin to move away from the commandments of God and pursue anything under the sun that supposedly makes us happy? Hmm. In 2016, an American man married his cell phone in a Las Vegas wedding chapel. Hmm. The report said that he plans on upgrading to another wife just as soon as the next new model phone comes out. He just wants to be happy. He just wants to be happy. Praise God. But look, when you follow the commandments of God, God will take you into the place of highest happiness, and nobody will be hurt. Because love does no harm to a neighbor. Mm. Remember that the love of God is very different from the so-called love of the world. The love of God is agape love. It's selfless love. It's the love that, that says, how will this affect that person? See, when you, when you walk in selfless love, you don't have to strain to keep the Ten Commandments. Because when you walk in love, you will automatically fulfill the Ten Commandments. Why? Because when you walk in selfless love, you won't steal from somebody else because you don't want them to steal from you. Hmm. See, the moral, the, the, let me say it like this. The ceremonial requirements of the law were fulfilled when Christ went to Calvary and died on the cross. But the moral code of the law will never pass away. And even 10 million years from now, stealing will still be wrong. Lying will still be wrong. Blaspheming the name of God will still be wrong. Why? Because wrong is wrong forever. Woo! Well, our generation doesn't see it like that. The book is right. They are wrong. You have to have a code of conduct. You have to have a code for your moral law. Woo! Hallelujah. Sure is quiet today. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Pastor Stephen, I want the golden glory. Mm, bring back the glory, Pastor Stephen. Mm, mm. Look, you have to walk in the requirements of God. And it's easy. Walk in the love of God. Walk in the selfless love of God. Live for the Lord. Hallelujah. Give your heart fully to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Begin to come back into your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Verse 12. Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. Because of the ark of God. Well, what do you suppose was told to King David that said, that, that, that influenced him to think, whoa, whoa, let's go get it now. I mean, let's go get it today. What, what, what was he told? Now, let me ask you this. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. What do you need to hear for faith to come? The Word of God. Okay, so something was told to David that released faith in his heart that said, whoa, Ooh, I'm going to go get it. I'm going to go get it today. He heard a good report. I wonder what he heard. I wonder what was told to him about the house of Obed-Edom and what's gone over there in that man's house. 
Can we speculate a little bit today? I think we can safely do that. What were his neighbors witnessing? What did Obed-Edom's neighbors witnessing taking place upon his property and within his house? I believe by the Ark of the Covenant literally being parked in his living room, I believe there was no strife, no screaming, no yelling, no tension. I believe there was harmony and peace. And when things needed to be discussed, it was done in a righteous way that honored the other person. Praise God. Hallelujah. I believe that healing came into the bodies of those who belonged to his house. Healing. Let me say this. I believe his animals were healthy. Absolutely. I believe that none in his household were sick, and I don't believe that any of his animals were sick. No more pink eye, no more strep throat, no more whatever it is, whatever it is. I believe that there was healing, healing, healing in that house. Praise God. I believe that there was mental healing, emotional healing, all going on. I believe waves of the glory of God were coming off that ark, touching people's physical bodies and making them happy and free and blessed and relaxed and comfortable. I believe that the plants that were grown around his house, the vegetables, the corn, the barley, the grapevines, the vineyards, I believe that it was an insect-free, bug-crop-eating-free uh, uh, zone. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I believe that all of his plants were healthy. I believe that his vegetables were growing to supernatural proportions. I've seen pictures from revivals around the world, particularly in South America, when revival was poured out on farmers and people out in um, uh, country settings where their crops became gigantic because of the glory of God present in their midst. Hallelujah. I believe everything was blessed. I believe the animals were happy. I believe that there was no barrenness. Barrenness was lifted off animals. Barrenness was lifted off women. I believe that there was financial prosperity, that people wanted to buy his produce. People wanted to buy whatever it was he was selling. I believe that there was no money problems because of the presence of the glory. Mm. You know what I would have done? I'd have laid down and slept right next to it. Hallelujah. Mm, let those waves, like radioactive power, coming off of it, just go right through your body. Mm, the glory. The glory. Hallelujah. I believe there was protection. I believe there was supernatural protection. Nobody's going to go in that house and try to rob anything. If they try, if they try, you, you're, you're touching something that's beyond this realm. Hallelujah. You're touching something that will strike you dead. Hallelujah. I believe there was protection beyond uh, 24-hour surveillance equipment. No, there was a level of protection of the angels of the glory of God. And this place has now become a portal between heaven and earth. And it's right in that man's house. In that man's house, you know the cats were blessed. You know the dogs were blessed. The cat's trying to not, you know, claw the dog, and the dog's not trying to bite the cat. There is divine peace all over that property. Just lay down on the grass outside and say, Woo-hoo, something sure feels good here. Hallelujah. Mm, and David heard about it. 
They had been talking about what's going on at the household of Obed-Edom. I believe debts were getting paid off in that man's house. Mm, Favor was coming to that man's house. His daughters were getting married. His sons were getting married. I believe everything was working out perfectly. Hallelujah. Mm, Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I believe David got righteously jealous righteously jealous and basically said, now hold on a minute. We had it in the first place. (laughs) What in the world are we doing? Mm. Now look, that's why God wants the glory in your life and in your house so that even your Christian brothers and sisters hear about what God is doing and they realize we belong at the same table that you're eating from. That, that your Presbyterian brethren hear about it. Your, Meth- your Methodist brethren hear about it. The Mennonites hear about it. The Baptists, the Church of Christ. And you actually want to see them get blessed. Uh, they have a righteous jealousy. Hey, we, we, we're, we're in the same family. We want a part of that. Come, my friends, and eat all you want. Hallelujah. Because the last thing we want to be able uh, to do or say is pretend like we're some kind of uh, secret guardians and that we're the only ones that have it. No, it's from God. Hallelujah come and take it and take it back with you and spread it the glory of God cannot just be kept like that in one certain type of place hallelujah thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus Lord we give you praise today Mm, mm, mm. God wants to see it spread wide see it spread abroad thank you Lord thank you Lord Jesus hmm Thank you, Lord Jesus, today. Just lift your hands for a moment. Say, yes, Lord. I welcome your glory into my life. Lord, we give you praise. It was told King David, saying, the Lord has blessed. What does the word blessed mean? It means you are empowered by God to prosper. The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him. Because, there's a reason for it, because of the ark of God. What is the ark of God? It is the presence of God. It is the glory of God, the glory of God manifested in your midst. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six places that he sacrificed oxen and fatted, fatted sheep. So we're, we're doing it the right way. Now they're bearing the ark. The Levites are carrying it on the, the staves, the poles. And of course David dances before the Lord with all of his might. And it's just a tremendous time of celebration. Now, you remember earlier, the Philistines had captured the ark, and they were struck with great judgment. And they actually send the ark back to the Israelites, and they actually put it on a cart that was pulled by by two cows, okay? Uh, the cows, had they were nursing cows, but Nothing happens, no form of judgment happened. Why? The Philistines didn't know what they were doing. So there was grace where God covered them. But as a child of God, as you walk with the Lord, as you grow in the knowledge and the wisdom of God, you are, you are responsible for the things you know. You're held accountable for that. Praise God. And so you have to walk in light of God's Word. And as you do that, the glory, the glory can come and abide in your life. Can you say yes? Praise the Lord. I want you to see something in 1 Samuel. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 5. 
And just, just say this today. Say, Lord, bring your glory into my life. I believe he's going to do it. And you're going to see it come in so strong. I'm talking about the manifested presence of God in your life. And it's there. And it's on you. And it's, it's, actually, it's actually tangible. It is manifested. And people, I'm telling you, people are going to know it. It's going to get all over you. It's going to get all over you. I'm beginning to smell the fragrance of the Lord right now. It's going to get all over you. Praise God. 1 Samuel chapter 5, verse 1. Then the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when the people of Ashdod arose early in the morning, there was Dagon. Now, Dagon was the god of the Philistines. Is that correct? He was a statue that was carved out. The statue was that of half fish, half man. Okay? So he was like a god of the sea. And if you go to Israel today, you realize that that area of the Philistines, Ashdod, is right next to the Mediterranean, right next to the water. And so they, they worship the fish god Dagon. So there was Dagon, fallen on its face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and set it in its place again. Now listen to this. When the ark of the Lord... and the glory of the Lord is manifested. Remember, you are the ark of God now, okay? You are the carrier of the glory, the carrier of the anointing. God lives in you by the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand, though, that as the glory is manifested greater and greater in your life with God's presence coming, I believe that as we get before the Lord and get before the glory and get in the glory and let God do a work in our lives in the glory, I believe that anything in your life that has been a stubborn, persistent, maybe thorn in your side, I believe that it will fall before the power of God. And I believe you will literally be able to hold debts in your hand the papers of maybe your mortgage, the papers of maybe credit card debts, and you will hold them before the Lord in the glory, the manifested presence of God, and they will bow. They will bow before the Lord God Jehovah, and they will bow and be broken and destroyed before the presence of the Lord. I believe this will happen individually as you, as you find your way into the glory and God draws near. I believe it will happen corporately within the body of Christ as we have times of gathering together, that God will come in such power and glory that, that any Dagon thing just falls, just falls falls before the glory of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So they took Dagon and set it in its place again. Propped him back up. Set him back up. Verse 4. When they rose early the next morning, there was Dagon, fallen on its face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. The head of Dagon and both the palms of its hands were broken off. On the threshold, only Dagon's torso was left of it. Therefore, neither the priest of Dagon, nor any who come into Dagon's house, tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod to this day. Praise God. I'm telling you, it's going to bow. The glory is going to get stronger. 
The glory of the Lord is rising on you. The glory of the Lord will be seen upon you. And out there in the world, it's going to get darker. It's going to get darker. So it's going to be a greater contrast. Remember, the glory, God, is always greater than the devil. Light is always greater than darkness. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And the darkness is going to bow. It's going to bow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. And the glory is going to be visibly, physically, tangibly, spiritually seen on you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. It's going to be on you. I'm telling you, it's going to be on you. And people are going to say, what, what is that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. The, the fire of God came on me one time in Israel at a, uh, at a coffee house. And I stretched my hands before two unsaved Jewish ladies that wanted me to pray for them. And when I stretched my hands towards them with the glory of God all over me, they shrieked back and said, my God, what is that? They said that. They said, my God, what is that? I said, it's his power. I said, now, I said, here it comes. You have to receive it. You see, remember, it said when Jesus was ministering one time and all the religious leaders were gathered around him. He's in that house ministering, and now watch this. It says the power of God was present to heal them all, including every Pharisee, every Sadducee, every scholar of the law, every, every, they were all there. They could have all gotten healed, every single one of them, because the power was there. The glory was there, and they knew it. They knew it. Well, Pastor Stephen, I guess they all walked out of that meeting healed. No, they did not. Only the ones that released their faith and connected with the power. It can be all around you. But if you don't move when the power is there, you'll be another, you'll just be another eyewitness. Okay? So you need, you need to move into it and touch it, connect with it. Release your faith. Hallelujah. Because it says the power was present to heal them all. And we're going to have moments like that. I kid you not. When the glory comes in, and you know, whoo, the glory is here. The sovereign head of the church has just walked into this house. He has just come into this meeting. And we're going to honor him. We're going to honor him. Woo! Hallelujah. And I'm telling you what, he can dwell in your midst. Mm. He can dwell in your house. And everything starts getting put in order. Everything starts getting made like the Garden of Eden. Everything starts getting made beautiful. Why? Because the, the glory has come in. The glory has come in. And watch. Everything has to bow. Everything has to bow. Or get out. Or get out. What did the Philistines decide to do? Oh, did they say this? Oh, this is wonderful. This is what they've been talking. This is what those Israelites have been talking about all the time. Well, now that we've had a personal encounter, I, I tell you what, we're going to join up with them, and we're going to we want him to be our God too. That's not what they did, did they? They said, they basically said, we need to get their God out of the camp. They actually sent him over. They actually sent the ark over to another camp. And it just starts, the plague starts breaking out. Massive, severe hemorrhoids on all the men. And a plague of rats unlike anything you've ever seen. This was way beyond the bubonic plague back in the dark ages of the, you know, mid, the, you know, the 1500s. This was a rat onslaught 
like from the pit of hell, in rats, in hemorrhoids. It's just never a good combination. Hallelujah. And it was running wild. And so then they moved the ark to another Philistine camp. And they said, oh, no, you don't. You're not bringing that thing in here, killing all of us. Woo! And so the, the, the five Philistine kings, they all came together. Their leaders came together and said, and said we've got to get this out of here. How are we going to do it? What's the plan? And so that's when they put it on the oxen cart and hauled it out. Mm. God had mercy on them. Nobody got killed because the, the Philistines were just like, we don't know what we're doing. Let's just try to get this thing out of here. Praise God. A very interesting verse. In Revelation 22, would you like to see it? Hold your finger. Look at this in the last book and in the last chapter of the Bible. You need to lock in on this. Revelation 22. You need to decide today that you're going to serve the Lord. Revelation 22, verse 11. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous... Let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. And the Lord goes on to say, I am coming quickly. See, here's the thing. I don't know about the Philistines, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You understand that when, when Joshua and Caleb said that, as far as me and my house, they're talking about their tribe. Okay, not just them and their two children. No, they're talking about their tribe. Hey, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't know about the rest of you, but we're going on with God, and we want the glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And you'll find your deepest levels of happiness in the glory. You'll be so satisfied. God will bless you. God will bless you. God will bless you. And others will see it. And to that light, to that illuminated, illuminescence of God on you, they will come. They will come from far and wide. Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Why? Because out there in the world, it's going to get darker. Praise God. There's some things, you know, I'll give you a few examples of, you know, the man marrying a pizza, man marrying a cell phone. There's a lot of other things not even fitting for me to speak of. Men marrying cars, men marrying, you name it. It's, it's any form of perversion, it's out there. It's out there. But I'm saying pursue the Lord because the glory is coming. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. Mm. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm just really sensing that. I, I want to give you some wisdom, some, some wisdom from the Word, that when there are manifestations of the glory, stop and just worship the Lord. Step into it, lean into it, and watch the things of the enemy, of the, uh, the, the enemy would try to hit your life. Watch it begin to bow. Watch it begin to fall, fall, fall. Woo! Hallelujah. Lord, we give you praise today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. I, I see a holy jealousy. A holy jealousy. Or even un unbelievers. Not just believers, but even unbelievers come up to you and say there's something different about your life. Praise God. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Now, the glory is coming back. 
to the church, that means the glory is coming back to you. Make room for the glory of the Lord in your life. You know, in one of our tours to Israel, one of our early tours to Israel, we were at a hotel, gathered together our group there by the Sea of Galilee. We were there at the hotel, and we were in an uh, open lobby area, and I'm speaking to those on the, on the group. They were all sitting down. I even tried to stream it on the Internet, but we had such a weak signal that I couldn't, I couldn't get it to go out. Uh, the, it wouldn't pick it up. But I'm, I'm speaking to the people, our group, and as I'm talking to the people, as the Lord is my witness, Jesus walked into that meeting. And every single person knew it. The glory came into the meeting. The glory came into the meeting. You could, look, you could tell the look on the people's faces. He's here. He's here. And when he's here, everything bows. Everything's bow. Everything bows. These are real encounters with the real living God. I see the word Ichabod being erased from off the church. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We must get back to the fullness of the gospel, which includes the power of the gospel. See, we have been trying to present a gospel with no power. We have been trying to present a gospel with man's polish. We have been trying to present a gospel with man's ideologies. Just do whatever makes you happy, as long as you still love Jesus at the same time. No, you need to serve the Lord within the boundaries of Scripture. And right is still right, and wrong is still wrong. Well, Pastor Stephen, not everybody in the media believes that. The book is right, and they are wrong. Praise God. And if you want the glory to come into your life, you are going to have to line up with the Word. Praise the Lord. Woo! Glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, this is what I see. I see the glory coming and staying. Okay? Obed-Edom had it for three months, and it revolutionized the life of he and his family. Okay? But I see it coming and staying and staying. Woo! Praise you, Lord. Mm. No cursing in your house. No profanity in your house. Not only not through you, but through the television. Okay, you won't let it come in. Why? Because Jesus is there. Mm. You wouldn't dare let the name of God be cursed while he's there in your house. Well, that's my favorite show. Okay, well then that's what you're going to trade out for. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I, I think a lot of people, I'm talking, I, I can sense it. A lot of people, they've, had, they've never had power encounters with God. Okay. But it's very, very real. Ananias and Sapphira is in the New Testament. The, these are real things. Yes, I understand grace. I, I love the message of grace. I, you know, years and years back, I used, to, I used to be like, why is everybody, why are so many ministers writing books on grace? I started, and I thought, wow, this is so amazing. Maybe I should write a book. Okay. So I, I love it. But you, you have to take the fullness of the gospel as well. You have, to, you have to understand the glory and the right atmosphere for the Lord to stay there. Because if it's not suitable to him, he will leave. 
And so much of the church is going to have to get this figured out. Do you want to be seeker sensitive and please people? Or do you want to please the Lord? And if you want to please the Lord, then you're going to, you're going to become, you're going to become a person who is making room for the glory and God will come. Mm, thank you, Jesus. And he is coming. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Please lift your hands. Father, we thank you. Thank you that the glory is coming to stay. To stay. Thank you, Father God. Let us make room for your glory. Lord, we understand that we as individuals are in a habitation for you. We, from a new covenant perspective, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But Father, it is also clear in Scripture that your Spirit comes and abides, and there is a manifested presence of your glory that is very real and very tangible. We thank you for this. Bring your glory into our lives. Bring your glory into our lives. Thank you, Father. You're making the right deposits right now. You're making deposits within our spirit right now. Oh, Father God, we give you praise. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. The highest levels of joy you'll ever experience will be in the, will be in the glory. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Decades back, when I walked into the church of my spiritual father, when I walked into his church for the very first time, it was like walking into a cloud where the glory was so thick in that church, you literally thought you could take a knife and cut a chunk of it out. And this was present to anybody, believers, unbelievers, people who walk in and like, whoa, what in the world is this? This is wild. I mean, you could almost push on it. It was that strong. And it lasted it lasted like that maybe for another nine months, and then it began to lift, and it began to lift. But here's what I see coming. A greater wave than anything we've ever experienced before. A greater wave of glory than anything we've ever touched, experienced, or known before, and that wave coming and just staying amongst us as we steward the glory, protect the glory, Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lord, bring back the glory. The cherubim are the carriers of the glory. We're going to begin to see visions of the cherubim bringing the glory back. When you read through the book of Ezekiel, very slowly, particularly Ezekiel chapter 8, Ezekiel chapter 10, the prophet saw the cherubim lift off the temple lift off the city and then lift off the nation and the glory was carried away by the cherubim and it's the cherubim who also bring the glory back thank you Lord Jesus hallelujah I've been smelling supernaturally uh, recently a whole lot hairspray oh no Pastor Stephen that's just your wife in the bathroom getting ready for the day no 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 she doesn't really use hairspray I have been smelling hairspray supernaturally in the spirit. What does that mean? It means lose your, 
lose the reputation of your natural mind. It means stop trying to hold everything together. Do you understand that? It means be free to let God do what He wants to do. Well, Pastor Stephen, we got we have to close the meeting. Why? Because everybody's hungry. Well, they can leave. We'll stay here in the glory. It's just that simple. If you got if you got to go eat, you can leave. We're staying. If the glory's here, or we sense He's coming, you know, who says we have to close it down? Right? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You you have to be willing to make room for the glory of God in your life. Well, Pastor Stephen, I sense the glory coming, but this is the time I go exercise. Oh, many times He'll come on purpose to see who you choose, Him or that thing of the world. See, it says, don't love the world or the things of the world. Well, if I don't love it, how am I supposed to feel about good, good things? You're supposed to not love them. You're supposed to just enjoy them. You're, you are allowed by God to enjoy them. First Timothy chapter 6, He gives them richly and freely for you to enjoy. But that doesn't mean you, now you, this is like a love for you. No, you enjoy them. But you have to have that maturity where when the Lord is, is coming forth in His glory, that the things you enjoy, you set those to the side. Why? The, the Creator is here. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So this, this is a daily walk, making room for the glory. Hallelujah. So, Lord, bring your glory back into our lives. Now, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, some of you in prayer, if, if you begin to sense that glory, a deep, deep peace, and you're very settled in prayer, that doesn't always mean the prayer's complete, you can pull out. You could, if you lean a little further, you'll find yourself, though, going into visions and revelations. If you just stay a little bit longer, you'll find yourself going over into the glory. And that's, that's where the really good stuff is at. Mm. I got over into the glory earlier today. I've been in prayer for a couple of hours, and I'm just waiting on the Lord, and waiting on the Lord, and the Lord, the Lord told me something. I can't tell you what it is. It was personal. The Lord told me so, so, something so sacred. I had wondered about it for years. And when He told me what it was, it almost made my hair stand on my head. I had wondered about that for years. But because I got into the deep glory, the answer just came, and the Lord told me, he told me, and oh, did it bless my soul. And look, when you hear directly from God, you know that you know that it is true. I mean, this is not something like, well, I, this is what I, no, no. When it comes straight from heaven, you, there is no doubt. You know that you know. It is settled. Praise God. Woo, hallelujah. So, so be willing to yield and go into the glory. Hmm. Praise God. Speaking of Ezekiel, who saw the glory, understood the role of the cherubim, it was also Ezekiel who was taken into the living, the living waters at different levels of the ankle level, and then, you know, up to the thighs, then up to the chest, and then, and then to a point where, you know, your feet can't touch the bottom anymore. Now you have to swim. Praise the Lord. So the Lord wants to take you into the deeper waters. 
of the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. See, here's something about visions. When God gives you a vision, you can't make it up. It really is you're seeing what you're seeing. <gasps> I can't believe what I'm seeing. Well, you, you can believe it because that's what he's showing you. Wow. Mm. I need to tell you right now, God's going to straighten out some of your theology for some of you. You have gotten a little bitty box. You have gotten a little bitty box. Mm. He's way bigger than that, way wider than that. Well, I'm not saying going beyond scriptural doctrinal truth. That's not what I'm saying. But I remember the time prophet Kenneth Hagin, who is now in heaven. Many years back, he had a visitation from the Lord Jesus, and the Lord said something to him that Brother Hagin said, Now, Lord, I'm finding, I'm finding that hard to believe. He said, Lord, I have read through the... Now, watch this. He said, I have read through the New Testament at least 300 times. And I don't know about that. I don't know about that. And he said, Jesus said, there's a lot you don't know in there still. That's to a man that had read through the New Testament at least 300 times. And Jesus said, there's still a lot in there you don't know. Woo, hallelujah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Praise God. By the way, that subject content was about the truth where Jesus told Brother Hagin, I cannot do anything in this situation about the devil. You have to do something about it. And Brother Hagin was like, I, I can't believe you can't do something about the devil. And Jesus said, that's because I've given my authority to you. You now legally have to do something about it. I've already done all I'm going to do about it at Calvary. And I delegated my authority to the church. And Brother Hagin said, you're going to have to give me at least three scriptures before I can believe this. And Jesus gave him scripture after scripture. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Well, if you don't have any authority, you couldn't do that. He could just steamroll you, right? So that shows you you have authority over him. Yeah. I need Jesus to do it. No, Jesus has given you the authority. You can back the devil down. You can run him out of your life. Hallelujah. And that's why some even good believers are defeated. They want God to do it. Well, God's already taken care of things at Calvary, given you his authority. Why don't you use it? I don't think I got any authority. Like I said, he's going to come help some of your theology. Praise God. Pastor Steve, I'm just waiting on sweet Jesus. When he moves, I'm ready. If he's a willing, I'm a ready. He, he is willing. He is willing. But he's already done all he's going to do about it at Calvary. Now you have to rise up and receive what he did. Well, I, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Why? Why? Because it means that now you have a responsibility to play. Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. He didn't say, not my faith, not Peter's faith, not John's faith. He said, your faith, over and over, your faith has made you whole. That means that person used their faith and the responsibility they had to connect with the power of God, the will of God, the authority, the blessing of God. Okay, so God's going to give some of you visions and revelations, and it is what it is. Praise God. And it's, when it's from God, it will always 100% line up with Scripture. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You need to go on with the Lord, even if the, your Philistine friends aren't going to. 
you need to go into holiness and into the will of God and to the joy and the happiness of God even if your Philistine friends aren't going to because if you try waiting for them you're going to run out of time and they're going to go into hell hallelujah you need to go on praise God oh love them and witness to them but go on in the things of God praise the Lord thank you Lord Jesus the cherubim are coming and to your life to establish the glory the ark of God right there right there hallelujah mm. hallelujah Pastor Stephen I want to drive down the road of my car and I want to turn up old Michael Jackson beat it beat it and I want to move and I want to you can under, you can't understand why the glory is not there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Maybe Jesus don't want to beat it. Praise the Lord. One very holy man of God was putting on his boots, getting dressed, and he was going to go minister in a certain city. And he said, "Lord," he said, "I'm excited to go to this city and minister." Jesus said. I don't want to go to that city. He said, well, Lord, Lord, I, I, I thought, I thought, he said, I don't want to go, but you can go, but if you go, you go without, you go without my presence. I'm not going with you. Hmm. I, I, won't, I won't name the city. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. No, no, no keyboards just for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we praise you. Just let it soak in. Let it soak right into your spirit. Be happy. Woo, the glory is coming. Financial prosperity. Healing in your body. I, I see many blockages getting dissolved in the glory. I see doubt getting removed in the glory. Doubt getting blasted out in the glory. Thank you, Father God. You're going to jump up and say, I knew it was true the whole time. You're going to take your miracle just like that. And it'll be over with. You'll take it literally in one second and in one day. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. We receive. You're coming in a new wineskin. You're coming with, with strong glory, with fresh oil. You're coming with a new wineskin. It's not going to look like what it looked before. We thank you, Father God. It's going to look beautiful. It's going to be fun. A lot of laughter. Hallelujah. There will not be a bar. There will not be a saloon. There will not be a nightclub that can touch the glory and the joy of the Lord that God's people are going to begin to wade in and step into and drink from. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Everything else will be nothing but cheap counterfeits. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And it'd be like a cheap $2 trinket compared to a $50,000 gold automatic watch handmade in Switzerland. There will be absolutely no comparison. Hallelujah. And the fake and the counterfeit will be so obvious and so silly and so goofy even to look at. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. The early members of the Azusa Street Church could stand up in the meetings when the, when, when the, when the, when the uh, a person would stand up with no anointing, when a person with no anointing would stand up and start talking. Some of the old timers would stand up and say, would you please sit down? Can't you see that you don't have no anointing on you? And we all know it. Mm. And they would say that to even world-known ministers who'd come in there.
with their hobnobbing, high political self, walking in there like there's somebody all Mr. Hotshot, but no anointing. No, no, no power, and just start talking, and they'd say, would you please sit down? You have nothing to say. Praise God. Not trying to be rude, but just trying to say, well, we're not here for that. We're here for the Lord. Praise God. Mm, 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 mm. Lord, bring your glory back into the church. Bring it into the Pentecostal churches. Bring it into the charismatic churches. Bring it into spirit-filled churches, Baptist churches, Mennonite churches, Amish churches. Lord, bring your glory. Bring it into the Baptist churches. Bring it into the Roman Catholic church. Lord, bring your glory back to the church, back to your people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Let there not be sinful envy or jealousy, but let there be a pure and righteous hunger for your people to partake of the table of the feast that you have spread for us. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name, I hear the Lord saying, come and dine. I hear the Lord saying, come and dine and eat from this table. Thank you, Father God. Now watch, because as you step into the glory, God's going to begin to dry up your love for the things of the world. Not that you still don't like certain things, can appreciate certain things. Not that you don't ever go to a mall or any. That's not what I'm talking about. But there will come a drying up of what I would call like lust for the things of the of the world, as it said in First John chapter two uh, of that epistle. The the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful arrogance of one's uh, prideful lifestyle. It all just gets dried up. And you can have wealth and be happy and be normal. You can have wealth and go eat at Burger King and be happy. Praise God. Hallelujah. We don't have to start calling you Mr. Wallpaper, Mr. Stuck Up. Hallelujah. You can be free and happy. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we give you praise. It's raining outside. Mm. It's raining. It's pouring. And the church is going to stop snoring. And it's going to wake up and come alive spiritually in the things of the Spirit. And the glory of God is raining down. The glory of God is coming down, and God's going to rain on His people. Mm, you're going to get refreshed, and you're going to get wet. You're going to get wet. Flies hate water. They don't like water. They like dirty. They like unclean. They like nasty. They like perverted. They like filth. But the rain of the Spirit comes and washes and cleanses. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. The rain's falling now upon your spiritual eyes. The rain's falling now in the name of Jesus. God's going to sweep into the, the uh, Orthodox churches. God's going to sweep into the Anglican churches. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's going to save homosexual preachers right in the middle of their preaching from the platforms of those pulpits. And they're going to repent and say, Dear God, this is wrong. What have I gotten myself into? I see that this is sinful and filthy and wrong and I repent God cleanse me and God have mercy on all of us and the glory will fall and every single person will repent and get saved and come back to the Lord for they'll see it for it, what it really really is hallelujah and God, God loves the homosexuals but without Christ you're lost and you need to turn from your sin because it's wrong in the eyes of God and God loves you but you must repent and turn from these vile things and if you do God will forgive you God will set you free but you must run to the Lord 
Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And God breaks the chains of these demonic strongholds in the name of Jesus. Glory. Glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And God's going to set atheistic professors free. In a moment, they'll repent. They'll say before the whole classroom, what in the world am I doing espousing this? This is so stupid. Who I can't believe this stuff anymore. I've had it. This is the most idiotic thing I've ever taught in my life. This cannot be true. All of us, we must find out what the truth is. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And they will stand up and say, we must burn these books. We can't teach it. This is some of the stupidest stuff in the world. How could anybody ever believe this? Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory to God. I tell you right now that the lie of evolution will go down as one of the biggest falsehoods ever perpetuated and put on the human race. And it's going to fall. And people will look back and say that was one of the stupidest things that humanity ever believed or embraced. It's going to get blown apart. Praise God. And it, it's the infrastructure of it is already beginning to collapse. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And God is going to confound the skeptics with signs and wonders and miracles. And what they do with it is up to them. But they will see the glory of God before the Lord comes back to take away his church. And those that believe and receive shall be saved. And those that don't will be damned and will perish in their sins. Praise God. But I implore you today to turn your life to Jesus and serve him with all of your heart. And God will have mercy on his soul. And God will visit you and wash away all of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness and not hold anything against you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I just the rain was coming down, speaking under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Glory be to God today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The Lord is washing right now. The Lord is, the Lord is cleansing right now. I see holy prosperity. God is going to pour money at the feet of his people. Hallelujah, through ideas and through creativity and through the release of power. Money is going to pile up at your feet. Hallelujah, through God's power flowing in your life. Hallelujah. You're going to have so much to bring into the house of the Lord. You're going to have so much to honor God with tithes and first fruits. And you're still just going to have so much. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You're going to be so into the things of God. Eating, breathing, sleeping in the glory. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's going to be like fire. It's going to be like coming into holy fire. Praise God. And there's going to be epicenters where it's getting poured out so thick and so strong. So thick and so strong. Hallelujah. That it just burns. It burns in any Dagon bowels. Any Dagon bowels. Years back, when my wife and I were in our spiritual father's church, and the glory was so strong, uh, it was very difficult for sinners to come in, and it was very difficult for even Christians who were not walking with God to come in. We bought this one guy who, had, who was very, very religious, highly religious, but did not believe in miracles, and did not believe in the power of God, and just he was just like spiritually abolished and stripped of any of the power 
power of God. And we invited him to come to the church. And he came in, and it was just, I mean, that fire was all over. And he was just like, he was just like about, literally about to pull his hair out. And after a few minutes, he just jumped up. And he goes, I can't take it anymore, and ran out of the building. Ran out of the building, chased out by the glory, chased, by, uh, chased out by the angels. You either repent and get right, or you'll get out. It's too hot. Woo! Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Cleansing. Hallelujah. This is going global. This is going global. Hot fire. Hot fire. Some of you are going to find yourself walking on those coals of fire in the glory realm. With the colored stones is a very area where Lucifer once walked. He got kicked out. You're going to walk back behind even the throne area of God. Walk on those same stones and walk around the glory and see the seraphim and see the mighty cherubim and see the Lord covered by the glory cloud. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And one day soon we're going to leave. And we're going to be lifted up and taken off this planet. And go home to be with the Lord forever. And then at the right time, we'll be sent back. And those that honor the Lord and serve the Lord and live for the Lord with all of their lives, there will be ones classified as overcomers who will be allowed to come back during the millennium and rule and reign with the Lord on the earth during the millennium. Hallelujah. But that is a privileged position. Not every saint will gain that esteemed position. You must live for the Lord now. And you will walk around during the millennium with your glorified body. And many on the earth that still have their human flesh blood bodies, they will look and they will whisper and they will say, there is one of the glorified ones. Wow. Wow. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, bring your glory back into our lives. Bring your glory back into our lives everywhere we go. May we be living, walking arcs of the covenant everywhere we go. Thank you, Father God. Thank you that you're establishing the glory hot spots all over the world. All over the world. We thank you. We thank you, Father God. Lift your hands. And Lord, say, say this. Say, Lord, bless my house. Bless me. Like you did Obed-Edom. Come and dwell in my life. Woo! Pour out your glory. Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The church is going to rise to the top. And the wealth of the sinner is going to find its way into the church. Proverbs 13.22. Ecclesiastes 2.26. The wealth of the sinner, the wealth of those who have heaped and gathered up who are sinners, will give to the person who is good before God. Why? Because that person will use it for the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. I see drug dealers and, and drug dealer kingpins. I see mafia people just being touched by the power of God, repenting, renouncing all that they have done, and taking, taking the, the, the dirty money and bringing it and just dropping it off at the house of God. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. They're going to be saved. They're going to be saved. Hallelujah. They're going to be saved. Pra praise God. Then they're going to get plugged into the things of God. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. I have a friend. He was heavily involved in mafia. He was the hit man. He was the guy that took you out. He's the guy that took the gun, shoot you right in the face and kill people. And he pulled the trigger and shot one person and killed them one day. And the person fell dead. And standing there behind the person was the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord said, that's the last time you'll ever do that. You're either going to repent now and get right with me, or you're going to die. And you're going to lose your life and be separated from me for all eternity. He got right. He got right. But see, it was a choice. It was a choice. Hallelujah. So God's going to visit in all kinds of places. All kinds of places. Hallelujah. God's going to do a major revival in the Muslims, in the Muslim world, and the Arab-speaking world. Hallelujah. Much of what will go down in the end times will go down in the Middle East. It will touch the world, but it will be hottest and heaviest in the Middle East. Lord, we give you praise and glory. Mm, God's going to do a great end time outpouring. Thank you, Father. Are you doing okay? Does anybody need to run out for lunch? Am I doing okay? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory. Glory to God. That's, what nice, that's what's nice about the, in, in, the internet. I can talk as long as I want. <laughs> we must end in 28 minutes and 30 seconds. Well, this is, not the, this is not TV. This is the internet. Praise God. So we're paying for it, so we'll just stay and talk as long as we like. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was ministering one time in Uganda, and the pastor said, he said, he said, Brother Stephen, do you want to see the remnant, the remains of a great outpouring of the Spirit? I said, yes. He said, I'll take you there. So we, we got like a jeep, and me and my wife, we, we piled into the jeep. This was 1997 maybe, and we drove way out from uh, Entebbe, uh, you know, where the airport's at, and drove way out past Jinja, and kept going out, out into the middle of nowhere. Went, we went out to where the Nile River is at. Uh, it's called, where well, the Nile flowing all the way down from uh, Lake Victoria, going all the way down to Egypt. Uh, it, it has its origin there, but as it begins to flow through a certain area, it hits the rapids, and it's a beautiful area they actually call the White Nile. And we went past that, and we went to this area where we came up on an area of landmass that was a large open area, and there were there were like I wouldn't call them tents, but there were there was this thing that had been put up with these stick poles with a tin roof that looked like a uh, an area you can go underneath covered by tin, and you could walk underneath it and it could cover an area that could hold thousands and thousands and tens and tens of thousands of people. And there were mattresses stacked up all over the place. And there was nobody there. Nobody there. The whole place was empty. And it was a place that could hold thousands and thousands of people. And I said, what is this? And the pastor said, he said, he said, Pastor Stephen, years back there was a man of God. And he sought the Lord for the glory to come. And the power to come to heal AIDS. At that time, every person in, uh, in Uganda, they ran the statistics. Four out of every ten had AIDS. So men, men, men and women were dying left and right. So this man of God sought the Lord for that anointing. And the glory came there in that spot. And that man of God was the, was the man that God had designated as the leader. And the glory. If you came within that proximity of that glory, you would get healed. And they would come and they would lay on the mattresses, maybe stay there two days, three days, and walk up, go back, get tested, and all the AIDS was gone. And it stayed gone. Hallelujah. Glory. The glory. The glory. The glory. Now, at that point, the glory had lifted. It was no longer there. And that wonderful man of God had even passed away. 
Now he's in heaven. But I'm telling you, there's going to be glory hot spots. Glory hot spots. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you praise and glory today. Thank you, Father. Lift your hands one more time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you. Lord, we give it all back to you. We give it all back to you. Thank you, Father. Lord, take your glory, because you're the one who sent it and released it. So, Father, take all of your glory. We'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. We thank you. It's going to come. It's going to come. As it comes, begin to make room for it. Hallelujah. As it comes, begin to make room for it. Let it fill your house. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Let's lock into this and take Holy Communion together today. Please, as you're watching, pause just for a moment and go grab some unleavened bread, grab some grape juice, and let's take communion together today. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's have that passed out to the internet audience. Glory to Jesus today. Get ready. Get ready. Hallelujah. Your home becoming like that of Obed-Edom. Great outpouring of the Spirit. God's going to put everything in order in your life. Everything healed. You know that Catherine Kuhlman said that the Lord Jesus told her that before he comes back to catch up the church, okay, before he comes to catch the church up, she said the Lord told him there will not be one sick person in the church. Ooh. Ooh. That's in the Bible. Psalm 105. I think it's right around verse 37. That when the Lord brought his people out of Egypt, there was not one feeble person among them. In other words, when they came out of Egypt, there was nobody in a wheelchair. There was nobody hooked up to an oxygen tank. There was nobody carrying a suitcase full of pharmaceutical pills. Praise God. Now, you just keep on going until God does that work in your body. If you need a little bit of help, like I do with my glasses, do what you need to do. Praise God. But the glory is coming. The glory is coming. It's coming into our meetings, coming into our lives. Lord Jesus, we give you praise. I wish somebody would shout. It's real quiet here today. Hallelujah. Pastor Stephen, I'm overcome with the glory. Oh, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. It's good to shout. Say amen. amen. Lord, we give you praise today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. Mm. See, when the glory came back, and when the glory was being taken into the city of David, there was a lot of praise, a lot of shouting. Hallelujah. Now, Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. We consecrate it and sanctify it. We thank you that this is now the flesh and blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you for the body of Christ. We thank you that the glory is rising in our lives. We receive the body, the flesh of Jesus. Now, we thank you that every idol, Dagon, Baal, whatever it might be, every idol falls in our life now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There's
There's waves of glory touching you right now through the internet. There's waves coming right now, coming off this pulpit, coming off this podium area, coming through me. Waves of God's glory just touching you right now. I'm telling you, stuff is coming off the people of God right now. Freedom. Freedom is coming to you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We have the true covenant. We have the true rainbow. We have the true full spectrum and blessing of God. We have the grace of God. We have eternal life through the blood of Jesus. Praise God. We have the truth. Hallelujah. And Jesus is the truth and the way. And nobody goes to the Father except through Him. There is no other way. Hallelujah. And we proclaim Christ and Christ crucified. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your shed blood. Lord, we receive it now. We thank you that you shed your blood that the whole world might be saved. That whoever puts their faith and their trust in you can be born again. So, Father, we just thank you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your shed blood. We receive it now in your name. Amen. Let's receive. Praise God. Now, perhaps you're watching today. And you think, Pastor Stephen, I'd love to get involved in all this stuff about glory. I don't quite understand it, but I, I like it. But you're watching, but you're not saved. And you've never given your heart to Jesus. If that's you and you've never done that, you need to do it today. Eternal life all begins with Jesus. Forgiveness of your sins all begins with receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. So if you've never made Him your Lord and Savior, I want to ask you now to open your heart and sincerely pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, and I have sinned against you. I repent of my sins, and I ask you to forgive me. I yield my heart to you. I give my life to you. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me from my sins. Wash my sins away, and give me your eternal life. Jesus, I receive you now. I receive you now by faith as my Lord and Savior. In your holy name I pray, amen and amen. Praise God. Now, if you've just prayed that prayer, we would love to hear from you. I want to ask you to email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org, and we'll receive, we'll receive your email, and we will reply back to you. Praise God. Hallelujah. All over the house. All over the studio, lift up your hands. Oh God, we give you praise. Let's stand up. Stand up in the house of the Lord. Oh Lord, we give you praise and glory. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord on the keyboard. Lord, we just thank you. We just thank you for your anointing. Oh God, we give you praise. If you're here today, you need prayer. Raise your hand. Wave your hand at me. Anybody need prayer today? Okay. Dear sister... You come stand right there. Lord, we give you praise and glory. Just come stand right there. Thank you, Lord Jesus. See this, uh, even this black dot on the tape on the floor? Please stand right there. Thank you. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you that your anointing is here. Thank you for your strength. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. What do you need the Lord to do in your life today? What's wrong with your body? You have a skin disorder? Okay. Is it on your arms or anything? Okay. Okay. It's like a dryness and so forth. What is it called by the doctors? 
ichthyosis. How many of you want to see a miracle? Which is、um, ichthyosis related to the Latin from、uh, fish.、Uh, What's it called? Like a fish type disease, because of the scale type, the scaly type stuff. What's your name? How many of you believe that God will do a miracle for Marla? Dagon has to bow. See, it's your day. I had no idea anybody's going to come today with a fish scale disease. But before the King of Glory, before Jesus. The head of the church and the sovereign head of all. See, when God lifted Jesus up, it says that all principalities and powers, and everything that's named, is beneath Him. It is to bow at the name of Jesus. So, Father, I lay my hands. Here comes the anointing. Are you ready, Father? I lay my hands on Marla. Now, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this. Oh, the anointing is going right through you. I rebuke this foul disease, this skin disease. I curse you. Loose her and come out. This fish scale disease, come out of her body completely. Every symptom, every trace. Lord, I release your anointing, your divine lubrication, the everything she needs in her body, everything that's missing, come in now in the name of Jesus. New nutrients are coming in. Anything in her body that's not secreting or working the way it should, be healed in the name of Jesus. Every trace of this thing, loose in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come stand right here. Come stand right here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Every trace of this disease, loose in the name of the Lord, come out in the name of Jesus. Lift your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Fire in the name of the Lord. Fire in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Ha. Sukababasada. In the name of Jesus. One more time. Receive. Loose in the name of the Lord. Now say, I've got it. Okay. Stand right here. Okay, Marla, just thank the Lord. When you wake up in the morning, thank you, Jesus is gone. We walk by faith, not by sight. I know the anointing went into you. Okay, I know it did, and I know you received it. You're a woman of faith. So as you go home, just praise God for your healing. Watch every trace of it leave. God bless you. When the full manifestation is there, let me know. But it's done already. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Now. My friends, watch him. I'm going to get back to you on that. You're going to see a miracle. You're going to see a miracle. You watch and see. Praise God. Dear sister, come and stand right here, right there. Praise the Lord. What do you need today? All right. What's your name? Amber. Father, touch Amber. Here comes. Now, in the name of Jesus. Fire in the name of the Lord! Oh, what's coming on you? Thank you, Father. I break off any curses, any word curses, any generational curses. Loose her in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father God. Your fire touching her now. Peace, shalom. Let her destiny unlock now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah! And an angel's going to go with you when you go back. You're going to see things begin to turn. The glories come into your life. The glories come into your life. Hallelujah! Are you married? I see a ring. Are you married? What does your husband do for a living? 
okay, uh, the Lord's showing me that God's going to turn your husband into a Boaz, okay? It says in the scripture that Boaz was a mighty man of wealth. Watch God turn your husband into a Boaz, okay? So you support him, you back him, because he's going up, okay? And you're going to go up with him. So, Father, we thank you for the blessing in Jesus' name. The blessing that Obed-Edom received is coming into her house now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Father God. Now, bring that camera over here. Every online church member, every Pure Gold Covenant ministry partner, every person who connects with this ministry, oh God, bless them, oh God. Let your glory move into their lives. And let every old dirty idol bow. Let the devil back out and say, I can't stand here. Lord, he's not as strong as you. You are the great God, Jehovah. Hallelujah. And no other idol can stand before you. Now, oh God, show your glory, show your power, and also show the weakness of the enemy that truly Christ defeated him at Calvary, and our job is to enforce his defeat. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God. Bless your people. Bless your people. The glory swirling around your feet now, coming up, coming up, and wrapping you in the ribbon of God's glory, swirling around you. Happiness, peace. Watch the prosperity begin to flow. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. In the name of Jesus, I speak blessing over your life. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. When it comes, make room. As it comes forth, make room. Hallelujah. Praise God. Honor the glory of God. Honor the Lord. Make room. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. May the Holy Spirit teach you how to honor the Lord, how to honor the presence. Thank you, Father God. That's why in the Old Testament, not just a priest was important, but a teaching priest to teach the people. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is going to teach you. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Let's go out with a song of blessing to the Lord. Can we do that? And I'll see you next time. Back in the glory. Till then, be blessed. Bye-bye. With a grateful heart, with a song of praise, with an outstretched arm, I will bless your name with a grateful heart, with a grateful heart, with a song of praise, with an outstretched arm, I will bless your name.
For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.